0: Hello, I'm Lisa Hilton and I'm here to brighten your day. Each episode, I'll share three things that have brightened my day. It might be something I just learned. It might be a new kitchen gadget I discovered or it might be a new bottle of wine I uncorked. Then I'll invite a guest to share three things that have brightened their day. Our brains on positive are happier, less stressed and more productive. Together, we're going to start a ripple of positivity that will spread. Let's go make some waves. Hi, friends. Lisa here. For Season 2, I'm focusing on energy and things that positively increase our energy. The heliotropic effect states that all living systems are inclined toward or attracted to that which is life-giving, so I'm inviting guests who provide this positive, life-giving energy for me. My guest today is Talon Wood. Talon and I met a couple years ago at a Leadership Profile 360 certification workshop in Salt Lake City, Utah. Talon is an analyst, father, and creative thinker. I'm excited to catch up with him because I haven't seen him since COVID. The first thing that has brightened my day this week is I successfully cooked my first turkey. I hosted Thanksgiving dinner for my family this year, and as host, you have to cook the bird. So I got a 12-pound butterball and followed the directions to a tee, coached by my mom, of course, along the way. The most exciting part was taking the turkey out of the wrapping and pulling out the neck and gizzards. <laughs> we boiled the neck to add some flavor to the gravy, but I was happy to dispose of the gizzards quickly. When we couldn't get the legs to tuck in, my sister-in-law, who was a doctor, made two incisions on either side of the turkey, and the legs tucked in perfectly. Three hours and ten minutes later, the turkey was a perfect golden brown, and the house smelled amazing. My brother did the carving, and we all enjoyed the moist, delicious turkey. (laughs) And special thanks to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which was playing in the background and kept the kiddos out of our way. The new favorite balloon was hands down, tiptoe, the unicorn. The second thing that brightened my day was visiting the Oregon Gardens Silverton Christmas Market. Over one million lights design along this beautiful path, and it includes food and drinks, German crafts. Snowless tubing, live music, and dun, 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 Santa Claus. The lights were beautiful, and the kids had a great time. We took a break in the beer garden to eat our sausages and soft pretzels with cheese and drink our hot chocolate. While we ate there, there was a great singer who was serenading us with Christmas tunes on his guitar. Something I remember fondly about my dad was he always made it a point to tip the musicians. Well, luckily, I had a few singles in my purse, so we gave a couple to each of the girls, and they went up after his set and put a little Christmas cheer into his tip jar. We all had a big chuckle when we came upon Frosty on our path. My three-year-old niece was not fooled. She looked up at her dad and said, That's not Frosty. That's a person in a costume. It might have been the white Nike tennis shoes showing out of the bottom that gave him away. The third thing that brightened my day was a childhood family favorite breakfast muffin called Paris Puffs. I'm not sure how the muffin got the name. Growing up, we actually called them French muffins, but I don't think they have anything to do with Paris or France, but they sure are delicious. Biting into one after all these years took me right back. Here's the recipe if you'd like to try them. You won't be disappointed. Paris Puffs makes 12 small muffins, a third of a cup of shortening or butter, a half a cup of sugar, one egg, one and a half cups of flour, one and a half teaspoons of baking powder, half a teaspoon of salt, fourth of a teaspoon of nutmeg, and a half a cup of milk. It's best to cream the shortening and sugar first, then add the egg, and then sift in the flour, baking soda, salt, and nutmeg. And the milk should be drizzled in slowly, or you might get a big splotchy mess. (laughs) Heat the oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit and bake the muffins about 18 to 22 minutes. You'll notice that the batter going into the muffin tin is pretty thick compared to some muffins that you make. But don't be deterred. It's the right texture. After baking the muffins, roll them in a half a cup of melted butter and cinnamon and sugar mixture, one teaspoon cinnamon to a half a cup sugar. Serve them hot. Eat immediately. My guest today is Callan Wood. Talon is a senior IT oversight analyst with the state of Oregon, where he oversees IT projects and investments in the healthy people policy area. He is a dedicated father and foodie, which led him to burying and cooking a whole pig in the ground for his daughter's recent birthday luau. Talon and I are both leadership circle profile 360 coaches. And we have an affinity for historical fiction shows that involve pirates and Vikings. I'm excited to have Talon as a guest on my podcast today. Welcome, Talon.
1: Thank you, Lisa. I'm excited to be on here.
0: So I love that you're a foodie. I'm what I would call a budding foodie. Maybe that's a foodini. (laughs) And so I really need to know how you bury and cook a whole pig. I mean, you don't just walk up to the butcher at Safeway and say, have you got a nice pig for me today? I mean, how do you do all this?
1: (laughs) Um, It took a lot of preparation. The short version of it is you have to find a restaurant supply store that actually carries whole pigs. And that's harder than you'd think. Mm. Salem does, in fact, have one. And the other part is a lot of digging.
0: Like with a (laughs) shovel and everything.
1: Absolutely. Got to do it by (laughs) hand. Otherwise, you're not putting full effort into it.
0: So can I ask, like, how long did you recruit help? How long did it take to build the burial? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so luckily it was my own backyard. So I started prepping a few days beforehand and dug the hole by myself. But of course, there were lots of folks that were excited for the uh, bonfire you build in the hole to heat the rocks up sure. and uh, had a lot of help wrapping the pig in wet burlap and uh, covering it with the heated rocks and then filling in the hole.
0: And so how long does the pig take to be roasted?
1: Uh, I give it 12 hours, so it takes quite a while.
0: Oh, but I bet it must smell amazing. And does the meat just sort of fall off the bone or?
1: Absolutely. It is the most tender pulled pork type of consistency as you're you know, taking the meat off. You know, the odd parts of the pig that we don't typically get in our uh, standard Safeway butcher block, <laughs> like the uh, jowls, the cheeks. Mm. Some of the best meat.
0: Actually, I just learned what those are called because I was reading this book and they're called guanciale. Does that name ring a bell? It's the Italian. Well, I mean, they may be called many different things, but (laughs) the Italians call it guanciale. It's the pork cheek. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Well, one of these days I'm going to have to go over to your house and (laughs) have a luau.
1: (laughs) Is this going to become
0: like a yearly tradition or is that way too much work?
1: Um, that's quite a bit of work. I think if we do it in a yearly tradition, we'll move it up to my parents' place where they have a backhoe and I can dig with that.
0: <laughs> that is great. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, your daughter is lucky to have you as a father. Uh now I'd love to hear what are the three things that have brightened your day.
1: All right. So the first one I'm gonna talk about here was an opportunity to share. So I'm going through a training with one of our state programs here, uh, the Ascent Leadership Program, and they recently mentioned that they had seats available in that. And I happened to know someone who was going through some difficulties in their office. They're a leader, and they could really make use of this tool. So I Mm. shared their information and let it take its course from there. And I got an email from that individual the other day that said, oh my goodness, this couldn't have come at a better time And the examples in the training are breathtaking. Thank you.
0: Wow, that's amazing. So just from that first day of training, you were able to get tools or or resources to help this person in their leadership.
1: Actually, I just gave them the opportunity to join the training as well. So they're doing a little bit of catch up, but they are reading the books and they've viewed the session and they said that it couldn't have come at a better time.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. So not only will the both of you be in this training and learning but you'll have a you'll be there together you can almost work it out on each other sort of use each other as an example or something.
1: Absolutely. It's great because I can follow up and see how it actually takes root in their organization.
0: Yeah. Good for you. Well, what's the second thing that's brightened your day?
1: So this past weekend Albany Parks and Recreation Department put on a drive-through for oh. kids. And so they set up one of the parks and they have people in costumes. There's tents where there's folks distributing treats or um, craft kits and what have you. And they encourage the kids to dress up. So, of course, my daughter wanted to dress up. <laughs> of course. A wolf this year.
0: A wolf. Ah. Yes.
1: But not a scary wolf and not a cute wolf, just a regular wolf. Okay.
0: <laughs> Well, what's the, out of curiosity, what's that factor that makes it just a wolf and not scary?
1: <laughs> uh, you know, we had to do some work to figure that out. And what it really came down to is she didn't want to see its fangs. She didn't want to have it look like a scary animal. She wanted it to look kind of like her dogs.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. Well, good for her. And so, okay, so she went as a wolf and then mm-hmm. you go through the different stations and get the candy. And, and what else happens?
1: So at the various stations, of course, you're off road driving through a park. So my daughter's standing up through the sunroof of the car with her wolf mask on howling at everyone (laughs) and at various spots, they stop and give you candy or there were some dancers. So there was a dance troupe there and they'd perform different dance routines and really got into it and they'd try to you know, engage with the kids and talk with them. The um, Albany Sanitation Department had one of the booths there and they had a Scooby-Doo theme. (laughs) And of course, Scooby-Doo had to get a picture with the wolf in the car. And that really was a lot of fun. My daughter was just grinning ear to ear.
0: (laughs) I can only imagine. How clever. Did she also get a lot of candy?
1: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. She got a ton of candy. They provide a lot of treats and you know, a lot of the booths are sponsored by different vendors. Some are just the Albany Parks and Recreation Department, but some are local businesses and they provide some treats and some craft kits. My wife and I were uh, big advocates of the craft kits, but (laughs) of course, my daughter loved the candy.
0: Yeah. You know, I love that. That is such a great example or a way for a community to come together to serve their residents and to make it a fun event. I think that's so great.
1: Absolutely. And it's something that actually grew kind of out of the pandemic. Mm. So they used to hold some events, but with the onset of the pandemic, they couldn't do a lot of the in-person stuff. So they started doing this drive-through type of concept. And they've done it for Halloween, and they did uh, Christmas last year and Easter this past spring.
0: Well, good for Albany. I don't live in that area, but I'm not that far from it, so maybe I'll be an imposter and I'll I'll (laughs) go to the next one. I love that. What's the third thing that's brightened your day?
1: You know, honestly, it's getting to watch my parents take the Great American Road Trip.
0: Oh, do tell me more about this.
1: So my parents, both very hardworking folks, and they've never really done much for themselves. So vacations as a kid were always about my sister and I, you know, it was either Disneyland or going to the coast, which is one of our favorite places, things like that. And so my dad, who's a huge fan of history, uh, especially around the late Civil War, the Indian Wars, Mm -hmm. he Absolutely is fascinated by that. And so he decided they were going to take a road trip from, of course, here in Oregon, (laughs) through Idaho, Montana, and see the site of the Battle of the Little Bighorn, all the way into, what is it, South Dakota, where um, uh, the Crazy Horse Monument, and Mount Rushmore, and Deadwood. And they've just been making this great big loop, and every day he sends me pictures. Of course, first thing in the morning, he sends me the same picture that he's been sending me since the day they left, which is he and my mom standing in the fog out here next to the freeway. Just to to remind you
0: where they started, right? Their roots. (laughs) 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 Love it.
1: Then throughout the day, I've been getting pictures for about a week and just showing the amazing stuff they're seeing and they're getting to live their experience and that's something I'm just so proud of them for taking the opportunity to do. And it makes me smile every time they send me something.
0: It's so interesting how you're talking about things that have been on my mind lately. And I've been thinking about road trips and I think I've only done, well, I guess I should backtrack because my dad was a math professor and for his sabbatical, we drove to Colorado And he did his research for a year and then we drove home. And my home at that time was in Alaska. So I guess I can say that I've done (laughs) the great (laughs) Alaskan road trip. If you've ever driven the Alaska or the Alcan Highway, you, you know, that's a thing. But I don't really consider that my road trip. The one trip I did take was with my girlfriend in college and we drove home for her brother's high school graduation. And there is something magical about a road trip. There really is. Have you done any in your life?
1: You know, actually, the one big road trip that stands out in my mind was uh, my wife and I, when we had our honeymoon, we were both in our early 20s and didn't have a lot of money. So we just packed up her little Mazda Miata convertible. So a little tiny car.
0: Love it. <laughs> the two of us
1: and tents and sleeping bags. And we did a road trip around the entire state of Oregon.
0: Oh, my goodness. What a great way to spend a honeymoon
1: absolutely you know you really get to know a person if you didn't already when you're stuck together (laughs) in a tiny car and uh, a tent every night
0: that is so great well thank you talon for sharing your three things with me they've certainly brightened my day and i really appreciate having you as a guest on my podcast
1: thank you lisa i enjoyed the experience
0: thank you for tuning in to brighten your day To be a guest on my podcast, email me at b at gmail.com. That's Hilton with a Y. Special thanks to Clark Hilton for post-production, and special thanks to Chris Jones for composing the theme song.